Hello, this is Jenny Nichols, and this is Local Share Green Action Podcast, where we hear from people across the U.S. that share their stories about work they are doing in their local community with a common goal of taking green action that helps care for people and wildlife and the environment in our local towns and cities. Our goal is that we might be able to learn from and inspire each other while we find our own solution-based action that lets us live meaningful, sustainable, eco-friendly lives while cleaning, protecting, and repairing the environment. Today I'm speaking with someone who is a multimedia artist and a lead organizer of a group whose purpose is to divert waste and transform discards into new treasures. I'm speaking with Maria Chanute. With the ever-increasing recognition that our planet can neither provide endless resources nor absorb endless waste, a cultural shift has begun. Maria and her co-organizers have set out to make it their mission to address the rest of our quote-unquote junk. She is part of Upcycle Alameda Meetup Group, which brings people together focusing on finding the beauty and junk by using discards and secondhand materials as a starting point for creation. Making sessions start by opening minds and then integrate skill building to empower artists and craftspeople to use tools that make whatever they imagine. I'm so excited to speak with you now, Maria, and find out more about your path of green action that has led you to upcycling artistry and group classes. What helped plant the seed for you to want to take some kind of green action in your light? Uh, Being a a visual artist and interested in already from the start in in old materials and somehow I was never attracted as an artist to the the blank canvas and what I could do. I always found it more interesting when something already had or was already talking to me because it's a material with with its own particularities that you're finding. And and as as an artist as well, it's kind of more of a uh, thrifty endeavor to take take these old materials and put them together in new ways and make them talk to each other. I, I find a, the, the, to go back to that canvas, like if it had a, a slash in it, it, already there's something happening, you know, so already there's a starting point for creation. So I find that a lot more motivating than, than starting with something fresh. Nice. So after you joined the upcycling group, what kinds of projects did you do? So the the upcycling group in its original formation led by Joan Boucher is mostly about the, for me, it was really part of my community support when I moved to the Bay Area to discover and meet up with with like-minded folks. And so this also led to this kind of natural contagious feeling of you see other people making a quilt and you never thought you would make a quilt, but here you are cutting up old jeans and making a jean quilt or well, you know another one of her members works a lot with with old sweaters that get felted in the wash, you know, and then they're great because you can cut them up and they don't fray anymore. Oftentimes, a lot of the projects that, that have come up is because one of the members, you know, does a bit of show and tell and says, oh, look what I just made. You know, so it's just the, that wonderful snowball effect. I'm taking advantage of that snowball effect that, that has helped, I think, all of us kind of uh, think outside of our own, you know, creative path and, and embark in using new materials that we didn't think of in, in that way or, you know, create new projects. So the variety of things that we've all made is some of us are maybe more into uh, junk sculpture. Others uh, are maybe more textile related. Uh, the group initially started off as more of like a fashionista group and working specifically with with clothing. Joan had also was also interested in teaching herself how to sew. And so this was a way to create a community that would that she would learn from. And honestly, like upcycling is how I learned how to sew because 
as a teenager, I was curious about fashion, but I didn't necessarily have the resources. And so I would go buy secondhand stuff and take it apart. And by taking something apart, you you learn how it's how it's made, or you're like, oh, how did you know, what did they do first, and what did they do second to make that happen? And and so yeah, you learn a lot by by taking things apart. Nice. So. Where logistically, where did you start holding your meetings maybe in the beginning or? Yeah, so June, I think they started, they had a couple different places where they would meet and then, and then it really honed down to meeting in her home and she's just, it was a super welcoming host, which is kind of why I, you know, why I also got caught up in that web and, and then her garage, there was a whole side of her garage that was these plastic bins dedicated to, to upcycle Alameda with all these different kinds of materials that she'd carefully gathered and sorted and, and donations kind of kept kept pouring in and so you know it would be like going like going shopping you know you'd go to the garage and ooh let's see what I find you know super inspiring and welcoming and um and the I think that also goes back to the importance of having a space that you can dedicate to creative endeavors which is often really hard to to have or to maintain. Joan is now moved out of the Bay Area and so also you know this this legacy of having a space has been fragmented and so we've been meeting in other members houses or in other places and then now with the pandemic it's you know it's all on zoom so it's just again the the importance of having a space and being able to just jump in and have a place to meet is, is so important and we miss that gotcha so like in terms of sewing are you using when you do a sewing kind of craft do people bring their own sewing machines and just kind of convene in one room or does one person have the machine or do, are they doing it by hand uh, so a little bit of everything we've gotten donations of all kinds of materials and and we also have some some machines some people bring their own I teach sewing at a space here in Alameda called the sewing room and so sometimes we've met there and that's been really convenient because it's a space just dedicated to sewing and so you know they'll the machines are already set up. They're all the same. So you can figure out how they work really easily. And, you know, and, oh, look, that one already has blue thread on it. Great. I'm just going to jump in. So that's been really nice. But for the most part, yeah, people bring bring their own machines or some people, they bring a project to work on by hand because maybe it's more social or kind of easier to carry around. So in terms of cost of, do you charge for a class? Do you, um, like for the space that you're, that you mentioned that you're teaching the class? Class, the sewing class in do they charge a fee to bring your class in or how does that work yeah so uh, we've had different formats so when we do a sewing class per se I've often I and some other people have been the instructors and so there's a small compensation for, for that uh, when we do a kind of more social sewing format everybody brings their own things and so there there's a minimal fee to keep up the, the meetup the costs of the meetup other events that we've had to organize Organize. We did a, a kind of more of a gift fair uh, a couple of years ago, and that was just a lot of work. And Joan organized that, and she's very, very active. So she was, un, you know, underpaid to to do all of the organizing that was that was involved. But that that was something that we had to kind of think of paying for her space to show. And um, but for the most part, it's it's been fairly self sustaining because we haven't had that many costs. Nice. 
So how did the gift fair go? Did you join with other um, organizations to carry out the gift fair or was it um, solely upcycle Alameda? So it was, uh, you know, it was definitely organized by us, but we also invited other, other makers, like-minded makers who, who used, uh, I think also some of our members, their, um, their husband's also make things, but maybe aren't into the social part of it, but are definitely makers. And so uh, women who made who makes lots of lamps, another who works with furniture. And so it's harder to kind of, you know, socially engage that way. But then in terms of having like a beautiful, amazing uh, handcrafted product to sell, it, that was wonderful to be able to, to include them as well in our gift fair. It just, it, it was a really beautiful way to, to show all the possibilities, I think, and and to show show upcycling as more as an art and less as like a oh here the kids got to make this little thing and then we're gonna hang it in the house for like three weeks and then we might throw it away. <laughs> I feel like it's important to to raise the bar in that sense of that upcycled things can be just as beautiful or as you know, newly purchased things and uh, or maybe have more value because they're using reusing old materials that that may be better made to start with than some of the commercially made things that you can buy as well as supporting supporting local makers and changing the kind of footprint that you leave uh, when you're buying something that, that's handmade. Does everyone bring tools? I know you mentioned the different types of projects. Do you, does somebody try to have just kind of a collection of general tools or just everyone brings their own little um, box of assorted goodies? Yeah, we bring our, our own stuff for the most part, but somebody might, you know, might say, oh, you know, I just somebody gave me a bunch of this so you know I'm going to bring bring this to the to the table and see what people can make there was one kind of specific I like to call these like material challenges you know I've brought in bicycle inner tubes for people to work with and cut up and kind of make kind of junk jewelry one of our members had a piano that that needed taking apart because it was just was unusable so we got together and made a bunch of really beautiful birdhouses out of the piano part but for the most part everybody has their own stash of materials and or you'll know you know you'll you'll know what to gift to somebody because you know what materials they're collecting for their work are there very many people that are artists professional artists that are taking their creations and selling them in maybe local fairs or swap meets? Um, so we have a yeah a variety of members, like uh, different age groups, as well as different, you know, uh, this debate between art, uh, artist versus artisan also comes up when we talk about upcycling. And it's been interesting to see among our members, we have who are artists kind of by nature, but not by education. And some people who are artists by education and have, you know, their master's degree. And so there's there's also richness in that to, to see the different kinds of creativity and the different kinds of dialogue that could, that can overlap. And then somebody will bring in a critique, you know, or will have different references or different books uh, or different artists that they look at uh, for inspiration. As, you know, uh, Leah Versig for sure is somebody who's, you know, who's part of a gallery and and shows her work, which uh, which is maybe is more of an abstract sculpture person. 
um, to the, the sorry, Leah Versick. And yeah, her work is more of a fine arts on the wall or sculptural work rather than something wearable. And then uh, on the maybe on the other side of our of our spectrum would be something completely wearable, but a special occasion wearable where even Logan Delay make a lot of very eccentric and amazing uh, costumes. And so they've participated in a trash and fashion show that here happening in, in Sonoma once a year and other eccentric events like this where um, where their work is featured. So what are maybe some of the challenges that um, you faced as a group? We've been challenged to, to, you know, reach out to the community always. We participated in the mini maker fair that happened twice, twice already here in Alameda. And, and that was really interesting. And, and definitely it goes back to what I was trying to say earlier about how upcycling is an activity that for children is really natural. Uh, but I feel like we brought in a lot of children and their parents to do these activities. But I feel like we, our group maybe doesn't want to cater to children necessarily. Like we want to, re- to be recognized as a more artistic pursuit, perhaps. Yeah. So um, I'm curious, does your group ever get involved in, let's say, a community art project where you're all integrating what you're doing together into one piece? Um, That's something that that I look forward to doing in the in the future yeah because I feel like that brings people to that that really brings people together instead and uses everybody's creative brains in in the best way possible one of the things that one of the fond memories I have also is of our working together actually for the to make pink pussy hat uh, for the women's march in 2017 and so there was a lot of just really great energy around that moment and then we were we brought pussy hats out for people at the march to wear and we made a sign together and so i hope to work in more public collaborative events just hard to find the the context currently to to do that nice so are there some processes that you do maybe in your uh, meetings to kind of get people's creative juices flowing or um, something to kind of help inspire you yeah, like I think the variety of events that we do, you know, exposing people to making art out of trash and the more the, the junk sculpture side of things. Also remaking jewelry, you know, you, you learn from what other people are making. We've done some field trips, which has been really fun. Here in the Bay Area, we're really lucky to just have so much to see. You know, the, there's organizations like Creative Growth that are uh, having exhibits. There's uh, the Albany Ball to go out and see junk sculpture made out of driftwood. We have uh, the Recology Art Center in San Francisco that has amazing exhibits. And so just it's also very inspiring to be out and about and, and go and see things together. That's been that's been one of the great, great things. So what are some of the ways that um, you and others are enjoying the rewards of this group? One memory for that would be St. Vincent de Paul here uh, had a warehouse and we were invited to come and look through the donations of clothes and kind of dumpster dive into into all of their, their huge pile of, of clothes that they 
sort through and that they put out onto into their stores. And so that, that was really fun. Uh, I noticed in some of the materials that you sent me that you sometimes do a clothing swap. How does, how does that go? Uh, we've done that. Yeah. Like three or four times. And um, that's, that's also a fun way to kind of think outside the box for your own personal wearing, you know, you're exposed to other things that, that you might not wear or might not shop for normally, but you get to try on and get everybody else's feedback. And there's fun stories that come up when woman brought her old wedding dress you know thinking that somebody might might upcycle it and and that's also something I think is really important to try and buy fewer clothes and uh, really help our our footprint in that way and and we've also extended that at one point to to teenagers and uh, trying to get the next generations to to think about these things as well so if your ideas experiences and your wisdom are all wrapped up in new seeds of potential action for other people and other cities who might want to try something like this themselves, what would you, um, what advice would you give to them? I would say to to be visible. I think it's important to be visible. That's how, I mean, I discovered Upcycle Alameda, not necessarily through our meetup site, but just through doing things around town and being visible and we're getting together with other people and doing something outside and in the public eye. And so then it's, it can become contagious. I think being contagious is, uh, can be a really positive thing show off what you do and find like-minded people in that way. But yeah, finding your people. Nice. So what kind of resource um, maybe would you suggest or a book, a website, or a film that's been particularly helpful or informative? Yeah, well, I love looking at Pinterest. I think Pinterest has lots of really fun ideas of things you can do with clothes or indoor, outdoor, or kind of out in the garden. I think that's also a great place to to get creative. There's uh, this great film called the true cost about the it's really moving and you just really see all the invisible faces that are behind all the things that we wear and take for granted most of the time that's a movie also that people want to kind of get more involved lots of kind of roundtables have been done and discussions discussion panels around that film can be you know can be a really interesting way to get people together uh, around around these topics. Then there's it's a great book, 1,000 Ideas for Creative Reuse by Garth Johnson that I would recommend. And Joan was telling me about a book that I don't think I've seen, but called Improv Sewing. And this is the one by Nicole Bloom and Deborah Innergut. How, how can people get um, in contact with you if they'd like to? So Upcycle Alameda is, is mostly found on, on Meetup. We do also have a Facebook page where you can connect and message through Facebook, or you can message me personally. My email is Maria Chenu, so Maria and then C-H-E-N-U-T at yahoo.com. And I'm happy to, to chat. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for um, those who might want to try to start something? Yeah, be brave, be artistic. Like, um, I think uh, one of the things about upcycling is that once you're ready to throw it out, you're also ready to experiment with it. So you can cut it up and try something before throwing it out. Thanks for joining us for Local Share Green Action. Until next time, let's all use our unique talents and abilities and take meaningful green local action that benefits the planet and people. 